was wondering if that was Walter Jones. What's up, man? What's up, man? <laughs> Hell yeah. Ted, you were grabbing beers? I was. I was just grabbing one, and then I was just telling Cody. I was like, yeah, I was like, man, Cobb is always on time. We got a freaking Hall of Famer in here. We're, we're missing Cobb. Dude, I think literally this is the first cast I've been late for in like two years, but I do have a Lone Star. I'm living the Texas lifestyle, so let's right. get into it. I respect that. How's your guys' week going? Uh, pretty solid. They say the weekend was a little rough. Uh, Saturday night got away from your boy a little bit. I was doing some standing <laughs> yoga. If you know what I'm saying? Kind of, kind of leaning a little bit. <laughs> I got you. Dude, I will, I, I will say you my... that you were hollering at girls off your back porch. Oh, Friday night I was, dude. All right, real, real quick, and then, and then we'll get going. So you know what, Cobb? Mention that during emails. Let's get the interview with Walter done, and then uh, I'll bring up that story later. All right, cool. But yeah, the de- the new patio deck is great, man. There was just yeah, I was just hollering at chicks out there, people watching. Nice. What if what if I keep telling people the the voyeurism is high level at my new place? <laughs> Good day. You are listening to a podcast, but this isn't just any podcast. Just any podcast couldn't do this. All this. What the? This is the podcast starring the tits. Starring the tip. Star- the uh, starring the Ted Smith and Cobb. Ha-ha! The podcast starts. You better wear a helmet now. Woo! The podcast episode two twenty. What's up with your boy, the Ted Smith? I'll be the host of this here podcast, greatest podcast in all the land. All the land. Uh, to the left of me is my burner buddy. He's always here unless he's somewhere in Southeast Asia on two wheels. He goes by the name of Cobb. Cobb, what's going on? U.S. bond market's down today as the Fed is set to raise interest rates next month. And the Russian ruble tumbled on increased U.S. oil production. Shares of the cast seeing a significant rise this week as Ted is now able to pull ass from his back patio. Longtime investors see it as a bullish signal. Did the CEO make any international deals while Hunter S. Thompsoning his way through Europe? We'll find out <laughs> at six. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to what's maddening. I've heard some of these stories secondhand already. All right, back there on the wheels of steel. Get the studio all set up. Matt Comer, the producer, MCTP. What's up, Matt? Hey, Ted. How you doing, man? Uh, I'm feeling great. Yeah, this is a solid episode. We got a, uh, a front-loaded one, and then the uh, the back half of emails of what's Matt and the Cobb topic should be pretty good. But first, I uh, want to introduce a Seattle legend, uh, nine-time Pro Bowler, uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame, Seattle Seahawks Ring of Honor, even had Walter Jones Day from the mayor here in Seattle. Uh, I think I'm probably forgetting some college All-American stuff with your accolades there. But ladies and gentlemen, Walter Jones. Welcome. Hey, what's yeah. up, guys? How y'all doing, man? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, first of all, Walter, I'd say thank you for responding to people on uh, social media. Uh, thanks a lot, man. It, it's, it's been pretty fun, man, to, to get a chance to, to 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 interact with those the fans and stuff. So it's been great. So thanks for having me on here tonight. So right, because you sure. went down to uh, to Renton, right, with my buddies down at uh, Sonar Feed. Exactly. I, after after a game, I went down and had a great time. So I, I really enjoy getting on podcasts and talking and stuff. So I'm looking forward to having a good time with you guys tonight. Nice, nice. Uh, I was going to say, Walter Jones, obviously, if you listen to this podcast, you're probably a Seahawks fan. You probably know who the man is. Don't need a ton of introductions, but uh, one time uh, one time we had a player on who I didn't think cared, and I didn't say something. And he was like, college All-American too, Ted. I was like, all right, and college All-American. Sometimes you have to correct them. Right? <laughs> uh, Cobb, ironically, uh, he swam in college at Boston College, and you're a Florida State uh, guy, so you got the ACC connection. A little bit, a little bit. Yeah, Boston College <laughs> and Florida State. Long ways away. Classic, Swimming in football. Classic ACC connection. 
A little bit. We have Matt Hasselback from Boston College, too, though. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, he's a Seattle guy, too. Yeah. Or, well, yeah. <laughs> all right, so, Walter, first of all, the last time I saw you in person was at a Seattle Sounders game. You're down there taking photos. Is photography just a new passion, an old passion? Is it just something you're trying to get into now? Uh, I would say it was, it's an old passion. You, you take pictures when you're growing up. When you when you have kids, you're always taking pictures. So when I retired, I was just trying to find something that, that interests me. So when I got into to f- photography, it was something that I wanted, you know, talking to some, some friends that was doing it, that that's their job. I All thought right. it would be something that I really wanted to, to learn and figure out. The cool thing about it, you know, you get a camera, you take shots, but to learn the cameras and the things that the camera can do, that's pretty cool. Do you, Have you hooked up with the other Seattle sports legend that's a photographer and Randy Johnson? I haven't. I heard. I heard about he's he's for you know. I haven't heard. You know. I, I honestly been doing this now for like a, about two months. All right. So basically, I'm I'm still learning. So it, it's it, it's. I don't want to go to someone that that's that that know more than I know. So for me as a player, I want to be able to 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 learn it and figure out what's the ins and outs of, of being great at doing it. Yeah, and I think Randy's whole thing is like uh, metal shows and rock shows. Wow, that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, he's really into that. Well, I mean, that's even cool. Drew Carey, you know, who we know now in Seattle as being a minor. Right, he's a minority owner, a small owner of the Sounders. But I mean, years ago, I want to say it was that Germany Cup or the World Cup in Germany. I saw him, and he did a whole thing where he was taking pictures and stuff. So I mean, it seems like a good way to get into like a different <laughs> thing than you're used to. I know it's pretty. It's pretty cool to to be able to be on the sideline to see people see that you have other desires that you want to do. I think sometimes people see you're playing football and they think that you don't have other uh, uh, ventures out there that you want to. To, to accomplish. So this is something that I want to accomplish and I want people to take me serious that this is something that I want to definitely learn and, and be good at. Is it you think it's easier starting that after the NFL career is over like uh what's his uh running back used to play for the uh for Houston, right? Adrian uh Aaron Foster. Aaron Foster. Yeah. Right? So like I've heard some good things about like his rap album and stuff, but I feel like it helps that he's done with the games. Sometimes I feel like people don't like you're saying like do they not take you serious like, well, he's an athlete, he's just kind of doing this for fun. I think so. I think now, you know, what I would tell the young athletes, if you if if you got a if you want to do something different, I think while you're playing is the best time to get into it. You know, I probably waited too long sometimes, but now that I'm retired, I try to get out and try to show my kids that hey, that you can be whatever you want to do if you put the work in. So that's that's one reason why I want to do it to show my kids that I'm not. You know, they sometimes they see a different life than what the real life is about because you'd have made the life a lot better for them. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right? <laughs> <laughs> so you just want to get out, you know, just and I think this is something I really want to do. So it, it it's been pretty it's been it's it been pretty fun for me. All right, how is that now like with your kids, right? Cuz you know, now you've had a successful career, you're in the Hall of Fame. I, I would have to think your life now is a little different than maybe how you grew up. I mean, I don't, I don't know how you grew up. Maybe you grew up right, with that That's life already. <laughs> right. like, I just assumed you probably, it's a little yeah. bit easier. But is that is that tough to teach stuff to your kids because they don't have to go through some of the same lessons? I don't think so. I think uh, you, 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 you teach them right and wrong. I think for me, I just try to teach them that everything is not given to you. You have to earn it. So I try to teach that every day to my kids. So now with me they seeing that I'm out and about doing things that I want to do I'm hoping that, that they can learn that and say okay whatever when you do go to school find something that you want to do and, and love it and hopefully that you find that while you're in school alright awesome uh, again we're talking with Walter Jones so I gotta mention your uh, your foundation your movement with uh, 96 Check 
and your buddy Cortez Kennedy, who passed away years ago. How, well, first of all, my first question is, like, how did Tez become such good buddies? I mean, I would think the Florida <laughs> State and the Miami guy would be off the bat, would have some troubles. You know, man, it was tough. It was so tough when I first came as a rookie. Um, Tez was tough, you know, as a rookie. Tez would, if all the guys, all the, the veteran guys would be around and hold us, like, getting ready for practice, Tez would uh, – you know, if you could, you know, like we all sit around talking. If if I was a rookie and he was, and, and they all come, that you would put your two cents in, and he would tell me, you know, shut up, rook. You know, <laughs> if, if 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 I let you talk, I'm gonna give you. You know, just it was a basis you had to sit there. So he was pretty tough on me. But once you know, you with those with those veteran guys, you had to earn your respect by playing football. So once I earned his respect, we became best friends. Nice. So it was it was pretty cool. You know, he kind of showed me the ins and outs or. How to be a professional, how to play the game. So it, it was, it was fun. So for me, with the '96 check, it's just you know that was a sad situation. You know, you you didn't expect it. You know, you didn't know what was going on. You just got the phone call. So it was pretty tough. So we, am I understanding the story correctly? He used to call and check in on guys too. Exactly. You know, Tess would call you a, 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 in the middle of the night, man. Like it can be. You know, he he was in Florida. I was out uh, in, in Seattle. So that that the time difference. So. You know, even it can be one or two o'clock at night. You know, you're like, man, Tess, what are you doing up that late? And he's like, man, I'm just calling to check on you, man. See how you're doing, how your family doing. So when he passed away, cause that was a situation where you didn't know he was sick. You know, I think the the close family knew he was sick, but as a friend, you didn't know that. You know, as athletes, we try to try to hold that stuff in and let people see you sick. So for me, I just wanted to make sure that players, once you get done playing this game, you make friends with all these guys, check in on these guys, and make sure they're doing okay. Yeah, especially with, you know, with NFL football. I mean, any pro sport. Like, you guys are in such a unique fraternity that, you know, I'd have to think checking in with a peer that you played with. I mean, you can have conversations that, like, the rest of us have no idea about. Exactly. You know? And I think the, the, the thing that, that's tough is that you build, you build bonds with these guys and you, you're, you're with these guys so, so, so many hours out of the day. You know, you, you be there seven, eight hours with these guys. So you build bonds. You know about their family. You know about everything about them so but once you leave the game a lot of times everybody's from different areas everybody ain't from the same city so once these guys go off and live in their life you tend to forget about these guys so for me I thought that was a situation where we need to start checking on these guys just to say hey how you doing a lot of times when you call these guys and ask them that sometimes they can call you hey you can you come and do a golf tournament then you say hey man how your family doing and you're just checking on them and sometimes that can make their day or how you doing man how your health doing and that can yeah. make their day. And they don't have to be players. I tell I tell my my family all the time, just check in, man. Just check in on mama. Check in on everybody. Just do it. And and now with this, I have my family, I have friends, they do it all the time, checking in on everybody. Yeah, man, and that's a great that's a great thing outside of the sports element of it too. Exactly. You know, just because I mean, even for guys like us, like we've talked about it before in the cast, like you get so caught up in life, like you know, like I just you know, or, or like right, like I moved to the West Coast, like you just forget to call yep. people back or or just like, I mean, exactly, check in. <laughs> exactly, just check in. Just, <laughs> right? It's not, you know, sometimes you check in with people, you're talking all the time, you're talking about the job or something, but sometimes you just, like sometimes, you know, when, I, when you talk to guys that you play with, it's always, they might call you and say, man, you want to do this golf tournament or something, but they never just check on you, just see how you're doing. You might be, yeah. and it might not be that they can help what's going on, but they probably can ease that. So sometimes a lot, I, I've, I've called players and, and, and I ask them how they're doing, and they'll say they're doing okay, and I'll just say, hey, I'm here to check on you guys. I just want to make sure if you need anything, don't be hesitant to call me. And then they'll come back and tell me probably a month later, 
hey, Walt, man, thanks for that call, man. You know, you're thinking, like, what call? And it just was a random call where you just checking on. So I just want to make sure that all the players that have played this game and made friends, just check on those guys that went back to their hometown or wherever they're living. Just check on those guys just to say, hey, man, how you doing? Yeah. I think that's great just yeah. great advice. Right? I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, you're right. I mean, I do it like, you know, obviously Matt and I are close, so we talk about it in Cobb. But, yeah, I mean, there's people here I work with or sometimes or even just friend. Like, we have one buddy we call the mayor, right? Yeah. And he's always got a lot of stuff going. And sometimes yeah. like, you almost got to, like, stop him down yeah. and be like, what's going on? Hey, like, what's going on? Is everything exactly. good? Everything's good. And, and, and the thing about it is I do it with a lot of people. It just could be random people that I know as friends. And like you say, it's all—it's the same thing as you know. You, you play ball with them; they're, they're thinking that you don't want to be bothered or something like that. So they might be talking to you about, "Hey, let's do this, do this." And so I just mess them up and say, "Hey, how your family doing? How your kids doing?" And they—they're not expecting that from you because they like now you're you're showing that you're invested into them more than just, "Hey, what I can offer you." I'm, I'm letting you know that I'm a friend and I want to know what's going on. You don't have to tell me anything. Sometimes it just takes a person just asking, "Hey, how you doing?" Yeah, and I mean sometimes you know you don't got you don't even have to tell somebody exactly details, yeah. but it's just nice to tell somebody else, especially as guys sometimes, just exactly. to say to somebody else like, you know what, man, like I'm hurting right now, yeah. like I'm gonna make it through, but like exactly. thanks for thanks and, for calling, and, I'm hurt. And sometimes that that can be a situation where sometimes you get to know a person, a person a person will know when things ain't right, you know. And so sometimes and you ask, you can see it. You can, sometimes you can see somebody walk through here, and you can know something. You just let them know, hey, I'm here. You're not trying to get no information out of them. You just want to let them know, hey, I'm here for you if you need any help. Man, so. even just talking about it got me fired up. <laughs> yeah. Like, I like it, It's right? pretty cool, man. It, you know, it, it, one of those situations, I think the thing that, you know, with Ted's death, it was something that, you know, I guess, you know, you, you didn't know he was sick. Not, now that you hear words that he was sick because he was going through some problems. But, you know, as athletes, I think that's the number one thing that as athletes, we have to be able to be able to to let all uh, let all let all. You know, let 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 our shields down. I guess you would say, because a lot of times we don't want. To, like I usually would tell my kids all the time, I can't get sick. Uh, if I get sick now, I shut up in my house. I don't come out because I don't want nobody to see me sick. Because they look at me as being a warrior, the person that's always going to be there. But yeah. now, if I get sick, if anything's going on me, I'm telling everybody, hey, <laughs> I got a headache. <laughs> I'm not feeling good. You know what I'm saying? So I just tell everybody, you know, let them know, hey, I'm not feeling good today. So to to let people know, because. If something happened, you don't want you know you don't want that same thing to say, hey, man, I didn't know he was sick or I didn't know this. So you tell everybody. I tell my yeah. mom I t- if I'm if I'm dealing with anything, I'm telling my mom. I'm telling my kids so they'll know if something go wrong. They can say, well, he told me his head was hurting. He told me his this was this. So that's what I yeah. Or if you tell somebody what's wrong, maybe they can help. Exactly. They can say, hey, go to this doctor. Or go over <laughs> here or do this. I got this for you or something like that. So you know, I just let people know you don't want to you know. But as 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 athletes, we're we're taught to not to show, you know, pain or show fear. Yeah. Well, especially football. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if That's it's just football. I, th- I, think, I think it with all athletes. I think it's just a, that's the way, you know, I come from an era where that's the way it was taught. You know, now it might not be that way, but when I played the game, it was all about being tough. You didn't show weakness. Yeah. And that's a sign. Of, it's not a sign. Being sick or being hurt is not a sign of weakness. But growing up in that, that was a sign of weakness. Yeah, I mean, we see nowadays, I mean, what was that, Kevin Love that just uh, wrote that article in the Players' Tribune a couple months ago, right? Talking yeah. about having anxiety attacks and this and that, like, even just that mental health aspect, like, yeah. you know, and that was a tough period, right? Like, you know, most of us didn't know what was going on. You just heard the Cavs were yeah. kind of pissed at him. And they thought he was faking being yeah. ill. Yeah. And then he writes that, and you're kind of like, oh, S. 
Yeah. It's, yeah. Cra- it's crazy for me personally. I tell people all the time, like, like talking in front of people is nervous for me. And then she's like, oh, I can't believe that you, you play in front of thousands and thousands of people. I said, it's, it's different when everybody's looking at you. So I can understand that anxiety of, you know, just, just normal day life stuff. So, cause you're not, you're not used to it. You have to, Build up to it. You had to get used to it. Yeah, uh, we're talking with Pro Bowler or <laughs> Pro Bowler, Hall yes, of Pro Famer, Pro Bowl, nine-time yeah. Pro Bowler, uh, Walter <laughs> Jones from your Seattle Seahawks. All right, so we're talking about your movement, uh, ninety-six check uh, hashtag ninety-six check uh, for everybody out there. Tweet about it this weekend or whatever. And also, by the way, as long as we're talking about it, make sure you check in with some of your buddies if you're listening to this. Exactly, check in. You know, just ask. You know, it's, it's, it's sometimes like I said earlier, you always. You know, you always uh, we work, we move all the time. So when you do talk to people, or you always talking about something that needs to get done, just stop and say, "Hey, man, how you doing? How the family doing?" And sometimes that can make someone day because they might say, "Man, this has been a tough week," and that might yeah. that's might all they need to say, "Hey, man, it's been a, for somebody to listen to them." Because a lot of times you have a lot of stuff going on and you're moving around. So hope people take heed to it, and you know, just ninety six check people. Nice. I kind of like it too. You know, I mean, you still got to check them. Yeah, <laughs> you got to check them. You know, and, and a lot of and I get checked. Like, like, like I had when I when I came out with it last year, I was sitting there, and uh, Matt Houseback had texted me, and I was like, man, what did he text me? Honestly, it just slipped me that mind, and he was just asked the question. He's like, I just I just ninety six check you. So it's just like it can be a random. Like he can be like, hey, how you doing? And just like you know, a lot of times, a lot of the friends now when they say, hey, how you doing, or what's 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 up. They'll hit hashtag 96 check. So they're like, nice. they're, they're basically 96 checking me. I'm like, man, you can't 96 check me, but I guess they can 96 <laughs> check me. <laughs> All right, who's the strangest? Uh, sometimes you hear stories about athletes or other people. You know, being an athlete, you get an opportunity to meet some different people. Mm-hmm. So who's like the strangest friend that like people be shocked Walter, Walter Jones checks in with or is buddies with? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, you know, for me personally, I, I try to I try to go outside. You know, a lot of times people think you're going to check with the uh, the O-line and stuff. I, you know, I don't, you know, you, you play different positions, so you don't usually check in with other guys. So I check in with a lot of receivers because I'm pretty, you know, defensive guy. When I play the game, I always like it to be, like, I didn't like to sit in the locker room just with the linemen. I wanted to be with the defensive guys. So I wanted to learn something. Like, if I see something, and that might be something that we might be talking about. Or I'll be like, hey, man, what are you thinking on this block here? So I'm sitting there listening to them because they're talking about practice. So I'm, I'm, I'm getting into that point and trying to be kind of like they'll take it easy on me if I'm out on the field. So like I'm hanging out with them. I'm eating lunch with them. <laughs> but I don't know. You know, I just what I, you know, I, did, I did the 96 chick last year, and I basically just went down to roster of players, man. I just thought like, man, let me call this guy. So I just, you know, that's no – I don't think it's no strength. You know, I, I, for me as a player – I was pretty cool with every position. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't shine away from being friends with all guys. So. All right, yeah, I didn't know there was a strange one like Demps, like maybe somebody else in the city. Or oh, the reason uh, I bring it up oh, is I always think I about like Tupac back in the day. He has a famous <laughs> story about Tony Danza email or yeah. sending him letters, and he's in jail. And yeah. to this day, it's shocking to me that Tupac and Tony Danza were friends. I know, right? Yeah. I don't know if I'm that big time like to have those type of guys. <laughs> You want me to check my roller deck? Let me see who I got in my. Oh, you got Tony Dance in there? <laughs> oh no, no, <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't, man. You know what? It did. You know, thinking about that, I had a, I got a friend, a country, a country star singer back in Alabama. Uh, it's a country guy. His name is Jason Albert. Man, he's from. I don't know if you know the group Heartland, and they had this song that's kind of "I Love the First. It's like one of the like if you go to a wedding, this is what they sang the first, the daddy daughter song. All right, I love the first, and, and that's that's probably one of my. 
you know, outside of only the, if it's the firstborn, though, right? No, I don't know if it's, it's the first. Is it the firstborn or the, is it the first girl? I don't know. I'll just be the smart ass. It, it, no, it, it's all about her, him giving his daughter away to the oh, to the right, groomsmen. Right. So he said, "I love the first. So no matter how much you love her, she loved me first because she saw me oh, first. Yeah, you get it. <laughs> you can tell I love country. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm just getting back into country, so you know that that's pretty cool. But that song is, you know, I don't think it's got to do anything to do with country music. That's a pretty. You know, I, I guess you have to have a, a daughter to kind of understand that. It's pretty cool. Yeah. So. Well, there was a period there, too, where I went to a lot of weddings, and it was all, uh, oh, man, that Hawaiian song. I forget. The big Hawaiian dude sings that song. It's like every slideshow. Over the rainbow. Over, over the, the rainbow. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, <laughs> but, see, I, I, met, I met that guy uh, probably, I met him one summer. And we we hit it all pretty good, you know, because you know everybody the same, you know every, you know position rockers whatever, you know when you hang out with them they everybody got the same story. You can kind of you can kind of hang out with those guys, but then I met them and you know we was hanging out and then the next with well, the next two weeks I went I was in a I was a groomsman in a wedding, and that's the song they played. So it's kind of right. kind of worked out. So yeah, so I check on them guys all the time, man. So you just you know you talk to the guys and just check up on them, man. So now now that I know you, I'm gonna check up on you. So you'd be like somebody that. I don't know outside of the realm of football. Now I can check on. All right, be careful. <laughs> I don't want to take your reputation. <laughs> we heard you hanging out with Ted Smith. Like, yeah, man, that did not go so Easy. Easy. I didn't say hang out. I said check, check on. Check in. You. Check in. Hey, man, how you doing, man? You doing all right, man? No, I'm not good. Come over, Walt. Come over now. Come hang out. I got a new porch. <laughs> dude, you're doing fine. You're grilling food over here. I know, right? Like, yeah, just get over here, dude. <laughs> Uh, all right, earlier we were talking about uh, your college career, right? You played, what, two years in a JUCO? I played two years in JUCO, and then I went to Florida State, played. I registered my first year, and then I, I played my junior year, and I came out the draft of the junior. And you were saying you had to rotate time, exactly, right? Exactly. You know, a lot of times, like, you know, you, you got all these accolades, but when I went to Florida State, I didn't have the accolades like some of these guys. These Some of these guys were top players, out of, you know, coming out of, out of high school and stuff, but I had to go to junior college route and did what I had to do in junior college. And so when I got to Florida State, a lot of the the, the the grades couldn't transfer. It was something, you know, so, you know, they was kept, you know, trying to get these grades to come through from, from my junior college to Florida State. So once I got clear that I can play, it was like game six. So they were like, well, there's no reason for you to play, so just redshirt. So I redshirted that first year. And that was good because I got a chance to, to learn college, you know, big time D1 college. Yeah. And so – and then the next year when I came out, we had three tackles. We had and, I mean, that's Bobby Bowden. That's the – if there is a golden era, I mean, yeah. Florida State is a great football exactly. player. Exactly. And, and so and uh, when I got there, they had they had three starting – they had two starting tackles that was pretty good. So they had to make a choice. Like, okay, how are we going to get Walt on the field? So instead of them saying, well, Walt, we're going to put you in another position, they was like, well, these guys are so good, we're just going to rotate them. So they rotated us. So I was in every other, every other three, ser- out, out, three series I was in. So I did that the whole year. We went number one from that, from number one to the to the to top to the end, and we lost to Florida in the Sugar Bowl. And you know, I was getting there was talk saying that hey, this guy should come out. If this guy come out, he'd do this, do this. So I kind of weighed my options, and I <laughs> I tell this story here. I got back from the Sugar Bowl, and I was uh, in class. You know, because you out of you know you get out for the for the, for the, for, the, for the Christmas break. Hey, hang on, I do got to ask. I haven't met many people that played in the Sugar Bowl. Do you guys get to go out after that? 
I mean, it is New Orleans. Well, not after the game. You're sure because you, you got to get back. You know, a lot, right, lot, you got to get back. You got to get back because you got to get back for school. So you got to right. get back. You got probably like two days or now. For me, being in Alabama, that was like a quick drive. I can go up and visit my family for like one or two days. But this is what happened when I got back. You know, there was rumors saying Walt's going to come out. Walt's coming out. So Bobby was like, "Hey, we're gonna have a great team this year. We're gonna have a great team this year." And I was like, "Oh well, maybe I come back." But I got to class the first day of class. And they was we, we sat in this class, and the teacher was like, "Hey, I hope y'all had a great Christmas break." Blah blah blah. So y'all know that thesis paper is going to be due this at the end of this week. And I was looking around like, "What?" I said, <laughs> 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 I said "Man, I ain't worked on no paper." So that was kind of like the the driving force for me to say, "Okay, I'm going to go out for the draft." So I went out. That that was kind of like you know I was I was weighing my options, and that kind of. <laughs> That, that kinda, I mean, look, I, I'm with you, right? <laughs> that kind of, that kind of like, okay, this is my opportunity. I'm like, that, that was like that knock on the door, like, okay, well, it's time for you to go to the draft. So I went to the draft. I think you made the right move. Yeah, I did. Well, that's the thing, man. Like, number one, like, I didn't go to college. Yeah. Like, I went to a technical school for like three months. But also, like, I've always had issue with people like, oh, guys shouldn't leave early and this and that. Like, wasn't well, one of the goals of college is to get a career and make money? Like, how did you, especially I, I, in the NFL. I think in the NFL too. Like if you're going to get invited to the combine, like you're mm-hmm. going to get drafted. Yeah. You know what? I you know everybody is different, but for me personally, that's what I used to for it when I was in high school. I just started playing ball till I was a freshman in high school, and we got a new high school. My brother had broke his leg, uh, you know, when I was younger, and my mom's like, you know, you're not going to play football because we can't afford it. Blah blah blah. So what happened was my freshman year, I was walking across campus, and they had hired this new high, this coach, and he said he looked at me walking. He said, "Hey, man." Come here," he said. "Why are you not playing football?" I said, "I don't know. I, you know, just I've been pushed to play football." And he took me out on the field, showed, did some some drills, and he told me, "He said you're a million dollars walking around broke," and I didn't know what that meant at that time. I was like, "Well, I'm broke now," so I'm like, "So," and that's how I got into football. So, and and he told me, "Hey, if I, if you do it the way this way, I get you to where you at." So, I did whatever he told me to do. So, I definitely was like you said, I use every. Avenue every step to get to where I'm at now. So I definitely huh. did that. I did what I had to do when I was playing ball, but I was using to get to where I'm at now. All right, I gotta ask, what was the thesis paper supposed to be on? I don't know. I know. I know. I know. I, I was taking criminology, so I don't know what it was, but I knew that the guy was like, "Hey, we got to have the papers in the thesis paper in on uh on Friday." And it was like Tuesday because you know it's like over the holidays, so it was like a Tuesday, and it had to be in that Friday. I was like. I haven't did no school work because we've been out of school for like a month. You know, you're practicing football. So I was like, man, I ain't got that. I can't do it. Well, you're practicing for what? The national championship I know, game? Right? I know, like right? But you know, at that time, you're like, most of the time people have that done before they go. So, you know, I was enjoying that. And, I, you know, I was like, oh, man. And that's kind of what's the – because I talked to my mom about it. I talked to everybody. And I was kind of like, you know, they were trying to talk me out of doing it. But that was kind of like the deciding factor. <laughs> I'll take it, Cobb. You're you're the only guy on our show that has a that has a degree. A thesis is a long paper, correct? Uh, yeah, it is. I mean, it kind of depends. Like most people do them for like a a master's degree or a PhD, typically. So like a lot of the bachelor's degrees now don't require them. But yeah, I mean, they can be up to and including like 90 pages. I mean, they're cool. diesel. But even yeah, something like for his class, you're probably looking at like 20, 30 pages. I mean, it's a serious undertaking. Whew, yeah. And it's they're like not the, paying you a million bucks for it. I'll no. tell you that right now. <laughs> no, I know I definitely wasn't working on it, so I was like, "That's it, I'm out of here." But I was kind of, I was kind of like seventy five already, seventy five percent 
coming out anyway because they had came out with this draft report of offensive linemen. And I was like number two. I was like, okay, I'm going to go somewhere. So that was kind of like I'm going. I was behind Orlando Pace. So I was like, he can't go to Good one company. team. <laughs> 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 and at that time, I thought I was going to Oakland. So when I got drafted, I thought I was going to Oakland. Like, I thought I was going to Oakland. Jose would have been pumped. I know, right? I told myself, man, he, you know, he's a big Oakland fan. So I like, dude, I thought that's because I went down to Oakland and, man, Oakland showed me the best time. I'm like, man, this is where I'm going and, you know, Seahawks. I came here to Seattle. I came on a trip. I was leaving Oakland, and my agent said, hey, Seattle wants you to come in. I came in, like, late, like, probably, like, 5 o'clock. There was nobody here but the offensive line coach. Everybody was out recruiting. He showed me – he asked me one question on a video. said, what was you doing on that video? And I told him that, blah, blah, and that was it. And he walked me around, showed me the complex, and I left. I was like, there's no way they signed me because there wasn't nobody there. I didn't even see the coach. I didn't see nobody. <laughs> wow. So I didn't think I'd have Seahawks. I didn't have the Seahawks nowhere. I didn't think that at all. So I mean, we see it every year when there's a draft. You see those phone calls. I mean, what is that moment like when a, when, when the Seahawks call and like, hey, we're gonna draft you? It was crazy. It, 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 it was a it was a crazy moment because you. This is what they don't tell you when you, you you're thinking you're a top draft pick. If you don't go to, I didn't want to go to New York because at the time I thought like you know what I'm saying like I knew I, my name was out there, but I didn't think. That you know, maybe some might have, but I don't want to be Giants stuck in. or Jets. Who's looking at you? It was the Jets, and All it right. was it was the uh, uh, and Oakland Raiders. All right, and, and and the Rams told me they say if if Orlando Pace went in the draft, we're gonna draft you. He went number one, and, you know, he deserving. Oh so, yeah. So, but what happened was they don't Nelly tell was you. Pumped. What they don't tell you is that you plan the party, but they don't tell you till you, after you get drafted. As soon as you get drafted, you got to leave and go. To 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 the to the team for media day the, the next word. day, so oh I didn't even think about that. So I'm you know all my family together. I didn't I didn't I didn't rent out this big place and we got the party going and you know I'm sitting there waiting on my call and then as soon as I make the you know, they call you probably like a minute before they make the pick on TV. So you call and you tell it you tell your family, then all of a sudden you're cheering everybody's crying and you think like okay now I'm gonna go party with everybody because everybody up at the venue everybody ready to party. Then my agent said hey. You got to be on a flight in two hours, so it's like it go from I got to go and like you didn't you didn't you didn't got no money you didn't spent all this money on party like hold up they could have told me this it didn't so tell you got to be on a flight in two hours yeah. to probably the farthest destination exactly. club you can exactly. go to so all I could do was just go in and you know do my little fanfare and I was out I said well they could have told me that I want to I want to <laughs> like what That's if awesome. you get what if you get drafted you leave as soon as you get drafted oh. They didn't tell me that. I thought we finna, I thought I was in a party with my family all night. So they didn't tell me that. So that's what I tell like guys. Hey, if you're gonna do a party at home, make sure you know that you're leaving soon after that. So, <laughs> all right. And then uh, before I let you go, talking to Walter Jones again. What what random like outside of football that you played or whatever? <clears throat> obviously, you have some cool moments in there. Mm-hmm. What's like the coolest sporting a moment sporting moment you've watched in person? Maybe just on TV with the family, like. That's like a sporting moment that, like, you remember. That's not football. <laughs> that's not football. That's yeah. that's that's pretty hard, man. You know, I, I can go back to. I guess I can go back to you know. I, I, you say don't go football, but I still go back to the Super Bowl that the, C, the Seahawks should have ran the ball. That kind of that gives me. Oh, that give me. Yeah, that hurts me all the time because we that that that's that was should have been an easy win for us. So that gave me. Um, what else, man? I don't know. Uh, let me see. Basketball. Uh, basketball is my first love. I love basketball. So. All right, yeah, we were saying that off yep. before I, the cast. I think the coolest thing I ever saw, I think the time when Reggie Miller 
but he scored like eight points and like it was only like four seconds Gets left. Against the Pacers. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Spike Lee's going yes. crazy. Yes. So I thought that was pretty good. I love basketball, man. I, love, I can watch. I can watch girls. I can watch high school. I love basketball. So. All right, and then uh, was what else did I tell say I had to ask you? All right, were those your kittens on that calendar? Oh man, man, you went way back. <laughs> if anybody in the Seattle area remembers, it's his famous photo. To me, it's, I told Jose quote uh, an iconic photo of you with those kittens. No, they, they and it was like the was I don't know if it was helping the SP. Yeah, it was like rescue pets and stuff, the animals and stuff. So they was doing this calendar, man. It was pretty cool though. Like it, I thought they thought that was pretty fun. I thought it was I thought it was a pretty good shot to to do. I mean, you're a large fan, yeah, and, and, Kyle. And, they put our boy Walt with and these those kids, kittens, and they was the they, they was the coolest kids in the world because they saw there. Literally, they sat in each hand, man. And the fact that they had it where it seemed like, you know, a lot of people was joking me like, oh, hey, Walter, are you going to eat the kittens and all that? But it was pretty cool, though. Like, they had like the, they had like this pig, man, was like 800 pounds and stuff. So it was pretty cool, though. So those was not my kittens, no. <laughs> I'm more of a dog guy, more of a cat guy anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you, man. Uh, all right, Walter Jones, uh, like we said, nine-time Pro Bowler. Uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame, Seahawks uh, Ring of Honor. Man, thank you so, com- so oh, much for coming lot, by, man. and Appreciate you are more than welcome on the podcast anytime you want. Thanks a lot, man. Appreciate it for having me. Yeah. Yeah, it was man. great. All right, Cobb, I'm going to walk them down, then we'll come back up and do the second half. Cool. Sounds good, mate. All right, man. Hey, Walter. Nice to meet you via the phone. That was awesome. Thanks right. for coming on the show. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. <laughs> we left that off with Walter Jones. All right, I'll just bring it back, and we'll go to emails. All right. We're doing it right now. Oh, good. We're already recording. Cobb, you got some emails for us? <laughs> oh, damn, boys. We back on the block. We do have emails, but a very close and dear friend of mine re- told me earlier to remind him to talk about how he's picking up chi- He's fishing for, <laughs> for chicks oh. of his back porch now. All right. So I moved to the new place, right? It's on Capitol Hill. Matt, have you seen it? No. No, you, ha- you guys haven't seen it. All right, because I had the keys. I'll see right. you guys. I've That's been. Like, Cobb has actually been there. That was the we were other thing. You're hauling your chicks off there on what was that like last Saturday or Sunday, something like that. Yeah. So that was the other funny thing. Cobb randomly showed up last week, and but Matt was out of town. Yeah. <laughs> so my new place is on the ground floor. Cobb can attest though, like it's on the ground floor and it's like on the street, but I don't know. There's like there's potted pl- flowers out in front and stuff like. It's a cool view without it being like you could see into my place, but it's not like I don't know, it's not like you open your slider and you're just on Denny. You know what I yeah, mean? It's like, built okay. into the hill a little bit. It's a little bit more like a bunker almost like Ted's fallback spot. Yeah. So like like the last night Cobb was here, like we were just sitting out there like <clears throat> like just chatting and like calling to people like we like your hat. And, like people can't really tell if they're supposed to look in or not. <laughs> so last Friday, I'm just sitting at home, like having a couple of drinks or whatever. And I'm doing laundry, right? Because now laundry, by the way, is across the hall, not in my place. So it seems like this massive deal, which it is not. But I was like, ah, it's Friday. I got to do laundry. So I noticed this girl. And I mean, she's an attractive girl. I'd say somewhere between 23 and 25, which seems like a very narrow range. Sweet spot. Sweet spot, right? So she, (laughs) as Matt points to his girlfriend. So, uh, so like, I come back into my place and I see her like sitting there, like kind of on my thing. So I just like opened the door and she's like, oh, sorry. And I was like, no, I just saw somebody sitting out here and like dancing and she's holding a coffee cup and a bottle of red wine. So I'm like, oh, what are you drinking red wine out of your coffee cup? And she's like, no, but that's a great idea. Like, I'm just waiting for my (laughs) girl parties. Yeah. She's like, I'm just waiting for my friend next door. And I'm like, all right, cool. So I've been on a little bit of a new kick that there's alcoholic soda waters now, Matt. Yeah, I've heard about those. (laughs) 
Yes. Which I think as far as a healthy alcoholic beverage could go, it's pretty close. I say healthy in air quotes because it's still booze. So I'm drinking one of those. So we chit-chat for like two or three minutes about like, you know, drinking out of different things. And I'm like, oh, I'm drinking one of these soda waters. Like, they're really good. Like, you know, I'm like, you want to try one? And she's like, yeah. So she just hops over. And then we're sitting in my place for a second. And Tyler, Matt's girlfriend's in here. So my defense, like, I'm like... She has no idea who I am. So I like pulled out the can and was like, you could see that it's fresh and like not open. Like, <laughs> you, and like cracked the can and like just put it in a red cup. That's it, smart. Right? Yeah, because I was like, I, like, I know it's fine, but I'm still a dude. Like she has no idea if it's fine or not. Uh, and then, she made that decision when she jumped the wall and came into your home. Well, <laughs> right, right. You're right. But I was laughing too. I don't know if I told you this, Cobb. It's like, and the, keep in mind, this whole interaction lasts for maybe 15 or 20 minutes. And then she's like, do you have roommates? And I just, like, <laughs> and I, she's like, what is so funny? Like you totally can have roommates. And I, I didn't say it, but I'm going to be like, I'm almost 40. <laughs> like, like I told my brother, <laughs> if I have a roommate, like I, <laughs> I hope it's a girl that I'm like serious with. <laughs> Anyhow, Dude, so so you can imagine. Did you ask her to come back to your place? No, I left it. It left very <laughs> all right. You want to come? Want to come back? That's got to my... be your yard line from like from, <laughs> from the deck. Like, so you want to come back to my spot? But dude, we had a good flow going. But then her friends kept calling, and she was like, "Well, I'm next door, <laughs> this guy's place." Which, right for me, I'm like, that sounds horrible. Like, they're gonna be like, "You need to get out of there." <laughs> and then she left. Uh, she was like, "Well, like, tell me your name." And I was like, oh, "I'm Ted." She's like, oh, "I'm Katie." I was like, "All right." You know, see you around. And then within. She knows where you live. Right, exactly. Her friends live next door. And then within two minutes, I excitable was like, ah, I just hollered at a chick like downstairs. Like, this place is the best. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't couldn't wait to tell somebody. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, dude, that was awesome, man. Dude, you totally got to try to squeeze that line in there when you're talking to chicks on the street. Like, hey, so you want to come back to my place? I would fucking love that, man. Right. I'll start swearing. Just oh, cut, it's fine. cut to the quick, real quick. <laughs> yeah, dude, exactly. Well, it'll be kind of comical, too, because you're literally standing in your place. Like, I don't know. It could work on the right girl. Not only that, here's another crazy thing about the new place, right? Like, for all my, uh, for some of my good qualities, she's like, all oh, my great qualities. Like some of my bad qualities or maybe I'm not diligent enough on certain things and getting things done right away. Uh, like the last place I lived in, like the photos sat there forever and then I never got hung. So the first night I went over to my place with the mayor, literally I had no furniture in there and we were just sitting out there. I think I was like, <clears throat> Matt, you will be happy to know Saturday night, your boy pressed it pretty far, 3 a.m. in the morning with friends, listening to music, smoking swifts. Nobody said a word. Oh, really? So during the day, I nice. try to keep it cool, but I'm pretty sure at nighttime, we just open the slider and puff away. Okay. <laughs> the exact opposite. <laughs> What's that? The exact opposite. Like, isn't like the good neighbor policy? Like, yeah, during the day, you're pretty much fine. People open active, but like after 10, you want to shut it down. You're like, 10 o'clock, everybody to my place for smoking joints. <laughs> You're Break right. the music. Break the music. I, well, I checked with my neighbor to the left of me, and him and his, his partner were like, we couldn't hear a thing. They're like, we're not saying you weren't loud. We just couldn't hear you. So this weekend, you're, I got to go probably up. probably good, too, because there's concrete around there, so a lot of that sound is just going to die in the ground, you know? Yeah, and then uh, this weekend, I got to go, go upstairs and make friends with the neighbor upstairs. But he bangs whoever, I think it's a dude, they, they loudly on the weekends play a lot of, like, 80s butt rock. So I feel like, I feel like I'm pretty good with these neighbors. Yeah. You guys will have something to talk about. Yeah. Uh, damn it. I lost my whole train of thought there. Slider. 
It's going to be good. Hollering at chicks from the deck. So Joe, so Jesus. So the mayor and I, uh, (laughs) the first night we're there, like as people are walking by, the mayor can't help himself. And when you two see the place, it'll make a lot more sense. Or Cobb, I know you have, I'm saying that these two in here. Yeah. yeah, But when you see the place, it'll make more sense of like, you got to walk right by my thing to get into the building. So Joe's out there chatting people up. So I met a couple that had just moved in. So last night, they're moving boxes. And I was like, hey, Yev. Ironically, another Yev Guinea. But I'm like, hey, Yev. Like, it's Ted. And they're like, oh, great to see you. Man, we've been looking in your place. You're our inspiration to actually get our boxes moved and, like, get our TV hung up and this and that. And I was like, this new place is unbelievable. Right? I'm hollering at chicks on the street. I'm the, like, example of others to get things done in a timely fashion. (laughs) The world is on access. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> dude yeah that new place is great man it's like yeah it's the perfect ted spot it feels like home yeah it is kind of amazing that it's already that good mm-hmm. all right for real let's read some emails <laughs> all right boys well we've been off for two weeks so we got a few i've had a chance to shorter filter through them a little bit but uh bear with me all right boys i'm a few weeks behind on the podcast so apologies if this has already been announced but i have some terrible news glazed and infused Chicago Donut Shop. Yes. Has closed. Oh, I was always talking about that one. It was as if they disappeared overnight. One minute we're joyfully celebrating the Christmas holiday, and then right when you least expect it, bam, shop doors are locked and windows are boarded up. All five locations gone. I should have reported this earlier. It's just been so hard to deal with the loss, but <laughs> we persevere. There are still bacon maple bars to be enjoyed, fire cakes, stands donuts. Do right donuts. Just a few of the many places getting us Chicagoans through this hard time. I hope you let won't let this sour you on our beautiful city. We'd love to have you here. LARP on Allison. Oh, nice. And Allison. I know a couple of uh Mendrum listeners in uh Chicago. I thought thought that'd be one of them, but all right. Yeah, and she uh, dropped the link. Allison, I actually checked that out. Yeah, it was crazy. I've been to the Do Right one. It's like Do Right Chicken and Donuts or something. Pretty solid. And then Stan's Donuts, if I remember correctly. There's a Stan's Donuts in Wayne's World that um, so I like always just kind of like I don't know I thought the two were similar but I didn't end up getting to go but yeah you guys still have some solid donuts in that town no question yeah um, oh go ahead Ted I was gonna say it's Chicago there's got to be good donuts yeah they they know what they're doing out there I mean no Cambodian donuts but you know what are you gonna do. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I got a nitpick. Dude, I actually just found a new place down here called Bougie's, which brings that fire. Are you Kinda serious? Like a, yeah, man. Bougie's, is all, it's in a strip mall, too, but they sold out of donuts the other day when I was there. I just can't believe there's actually a place called Bougie's. <laughs> and uh, I just lost you guys. What'd you say, Ted? Uh, <laughs> uh, I just can't believe there's actually a donut shop called Boozies or Bougie's. Oh, yeah. F, boys. I finally have a soapbox of experience I can stand on while partaking in the age-old tradition of telling people they are wrong by typing words into my glowing box. I was born without ever growing a pair of adult teeth. This meant that I saw a baby teeth at 20, which I had pulled when they started falling apart. So years later, I've just finished getting new dental implants to fill the holes in my smile. So if you guys remember, we were talking about like um, porcelain veneers, dental implants, and like, you know, the the nerve of the tooth and whatnot. Uh, oh, and, uh, and um, grills. Implants are the permanent teeth replacements. They have three parts. The implant, which is essentially a tiny bolt uh, with threads on the inside and outside that they screw into your jaw. They use a ratchet wrench to do this. Super weird to feel that clicking in my head. 
After the oh god, that sounds terrible. After the implants go in, you wait four to six months for your bone to heal to the implant. Number two, the abutment is a threaded post that screws into the inside of the implant. And number three is the crown, which looks like an actual tooth. Mine are made of ceramic and were cemented onto the abutments. All said and done, implants cost in the Seattle area about twenty five hundred bucks a tooth, and insurance doesn't cover very much of it. Go capitalism. LARP on diligently, Mac. Wow. I like that LARP on diligently. Fire. That is. I'm just that price has still got me caught off guard. Yeah, it's pretty pretty serious. Hey fellas, I'm writing to see if you guys wouldn't mind sharing my friend's GoFundMe. Uh, this page has all the info, but in short, my friends found out that their dog Chloe has a liver disease, uh, needs surgery, medication, and sh- or she will not make it. She's a loving part of their family, and we're doing everything we can to keep her around. Uh, my friend who owns Chloe are, are the best friends in all the land. All, all the, the land. land. Not only giving me a place to stay, but also giving me a uh, me family in a place where I had none. I can honestly say my life is in a much better place because of them, and they deserve every bit of help they can get. Dollars, cents, whatever can be spared would be greatly appreciated. Sorry for the long email, but thank you so much for reading it. I attached the link below. LARP on Brandon. Uh, Matt, Ted, what's the best way to deal with a link like that? I mean, the GoFundMes are tough because there's so much on them. I would say uh, if you have a Twitter version... I would say definitely like tweet it at the podcast. Yeah, you know at t h e e podcast, and we can we can retweet it. But uh, <clears throat> yeah, like trying to read all that info, you know, like backslash. I guess yeah, I can send it to me, and I can tweet it out. Oh yeah, that's not a bad call. Just email. Yeah, it. Cool, Mar- Brand just tweeted us. Yeah. Dear greatest podcast in all the land, all, all the, the land. land. Finally caught up and feel like things I want to say are really relevant. Cobb. To push Matt and Ted's points about rooting for the team that... Oh, God. I forgot about... <laughs> dude, I listened back to our conversation. Okay. Cobb, to push Matt and Ted's point about rooting for the team that beat your team. Uh, the, <laughs> this last week, uh, the four Cavs swept the one Raptor, and f- the five Pacers also lost to the Cavs, but they won three games. Ted, can you uh, uh, translate that for me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the 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 uh, Toronto Raptors were the number one seed, <clears throat> but they got swept in four games by uh, Cavs? The, by the Cavs. But uh, so it's good for the Pacers who took the Cavs a little bit deeper in the first round and had to play them to like what six games? Seven I or once? Did it yeah. go seventh game? Yeah. Shout out to Victor Aladipo, one to Matha. <laughs> So what he's saying is basically like, so they swept Toronto, so that makes it look them better now that if the Cavs go to win the Eastern Conference, the whole yeah. argument, right. Okay, I gotcha. So I think the one part that I'm still not understanding about the theory is you said uh, that they look better. Look better to who? <laughs> I, I mean, I think the problem with this conversation, Cobb, is we're, it's a nuance of a sports argument <laughs> or like talking to somebody else like to look better to either another to guy to me yeah or like you're talking to somebody else like either you're a, you're a kid who played in a baseball tournament or a hockey tournament and you want to lose to the champs so you can be like well at least we lost to the champs yeah or you're talking to other sports fans like in a bar or like a cookout or something so that's what i'm saying look better i just want so it for it's my like, own peace so it's of look mind. better to fans of the other teams in the same sport or to look better to like the other fans of your team in that sport. All right, Cobb, just let me. I'm not it. trying to argue. I'm I know. To I know. Let me just break it down very simple. There's a giant tournament that I'm going to be in, right? And it involves 20 boxers. Now I yep. walk in and go, I lost in the first round. You go, dude, you know, at least you tried this and that. 
I go, well, I lost in the first round, but that dude ended, ended up going on to win the tournament. Like, doesn't that make it seem like my loss is a little bit better? I mean, in no case is it. I'm just saying that's why when I say it looks better, that, that's just what I mean. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So I get the, the rationale on that side. What I'm saying is looks better to who? That's the only part I'm trying to fathom. Whoever the f*** you're talking to. God, I really think you're you're way overthinking this one, man. That's what I'm saying. Like That is the simplest I can put it to you. I walked in and just said, hey, Cobb, I lost in the first round. And then I walk in a different time and go, hey, Cobb, I lost in the first round, but to the guy that won the tournament. And so, that is worth so much that you would actually want to go out of your way to root for that guy? Go Knights. <laughs> all right i'll move on with the email so maybe you don't root for the team that beat you but when they win you feel better about your team because of how good you did against that team that might win the whole thing but then he puts in parentheses but let's hope not cheers tim right. tim the, the let's hope not really throws me off because if you're hoping <laughs> you don't you win again. but you're cheering for it to win i just don't understand well I this is the you. whole conversation it started with me and matt like three weeks ago when uh like when the Kings lost. So it was just, we were having this discussion about whether or not we believed in the theory that you want to, you cheer for the team that beat you. And then we said, well, the Knights aren't hard to cheer for. So in this case, because it helps Matt, let's go with Especially Matt. as a Seattle fan, <laughs> and they're a brand new team, and we're going to be a brand new team. And they were playing the Sharks, who I hate. So yeah, it was an easy, easy time this one, or easy decision this time. And yeah. That's all we're saying. <laughs> I think final thought from my side would be, I don't know that I could, like, like I wouldn't cheer for a, and a, like a team that I didn't like. Like if if like the rival team beat me, I wouldn't then become like a fan of the San Francisco 49ers in hopes that by some way it like you know makes me look look better to. Some I don't even know who the f- we're looking good for. All right, let's move on. Never mind. <laughs> Whoever you're having dumb. the conversation with. <laughs> <laughs> well, what if they're a 49ers fan? I don't know. Well, that's Doesn't... also the other caveat. Yes, again, as I said last week, like I believe in this theory. Now, if Duke basketball beats Maryland in the NCAA tournament, I am not cheering for Duke right, basketball. Right, and that was part of the rationale I... for this specific case like, this that started time... this whole thing is the Vegas Knights, it's their first year in the league. We don't have a ton of animosity with them, and they were going to play either the Ducks or the Sharks, both of whom I hate. So, yeah. This is an easy... So it's conditional. On if you like the team to begin with. Yes. Sure. <laughs> Man, if you guys read a book about this, I'll read it. That's really all I got for you. <laughs> What's up to the greatest podcast in all the land? All the land. Long, long time, first time. Hope you are all staying diligent. <laughs> it's been Ted. pretty diligent up in here. Yeah. Uh, Matt, last episode, you seemed to poo-poo the keto diet. My buddy's been suggesting it to me. What's your take on it? Uh, it's not sustainable for most people um and it gets really good results because it uh it takes you off of carbs removes those from your diet uh and ultimately depriving yourself of anything uh generally leads to you wanting that thing especially when it's something as delicious as carbs um but you also get really really good results really fast because you're dropping water weight because carbs help you store water um, so it's not always the best type of weight being lost right away. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's very, very hyped right now. Some people actually have stuck with it for a long time and swear by it. And 
I don't know. I've never, I don't think I've ever got my body to a state where it produces energy from ketones. So I haven't actually done it. But just as far as working with people in my job, uh, I generally look for more sustainable habits that don't involve depriving anyone of any one specific thing, um, especially something as broad as carbohydrates, which have a lot of purposes um, as far as your body's concerned. Yeah, and the best diet's the one you stick to. Also for carbs, generally, I think Matt's talking about like white, heavily refined carbohydrates too. Right, right. yeah, I definitely focus on adding smart carbs in my uh, in my coaching as, as opposed to removing those, but absolutely. And that's where, you know, like talking to someone about limiting sugar and white flour is a different conversation than removing all carbs and saying you can't have fruit because then it's going to throw your body out of ketosis. Like... Sorry. Right. And they and, make synthetic and, ketones and as well. If someone for people can who are do that and it helps them achieve their goals and they live a high quality life and they enjoy it and they stick with it and they're happy, more power to them. But like, I fucking love berries. So sorry. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> I, the only thing I can say is uh, I saw a lot about it in January. <laughs> it's it, middle of May. It is quite the fad. <laughs> Uh, another question for you, gentlemen. I tore my ACL last year, and I'm trying to get into sprint training since long distances hurt my knee. Any advice? Wait, when did they tear their they tore their ACL? When? Last year. Last year, and trying to get into sprint training. Um, man, that's a tough thing to just be. I would say find someone that n- knows what they're doing. That's like a specific. There's a lot of kind of. Um, there's a lot of different type of physical therapists I've, I've met. That's a broad spectrum I'm learning. And there's some that are more uh, geared towards athletic endeavors. And I would say look into some of those in your areas. If you're in Seattle, Kinetic Sports Rehab is a great uh, branch. They have a few, few locations, and uh, those are people that I refer out to that I love. So, um, yeah, Kinetic's great in Seattle. But the, in general, if you know to look for – not just any physical therapist, but specifically ones that are working towards getting you back to an athletic pursuit. They're out there. They know what they're talking about, and they can help you with your specific um, rehab. Yeah, and if you're on the east side, uh, velocity is decent too. Um, Yeah, man, my only thing would be like sprint training after an ACL tear. I don't know how old you are, but those things take a while to heal. So another thing you could consider is just like some high-intensity training if you're trying to get like into your cardio and stuff without putting too much strain on that knee. But yeah, you're going to need a lot of like, you know, for lack of a better term rehab, but just rebuilding those like muscles, tendons and ligaments that support that. Cause there's a whole substructure in that those things attach to. So don't be too fast to get back at it. Cause the last thing you need is to hear that pop again. And you, I thought he was just talking about like training techniques that involve sprints. I think he well, is think talking get about uh, that, getting you know, into sprint a, training, a, but you need to be sure you're ready for stuff that. You got to go point. through, and yeah, people. Uh, when I haven't, I've worked with people with old ACL injuries, not anyone that fresh, and um, they say someone told they go to like a, a lot of some PTs will say like you, you just shouldn't squat like ever. And that's not something that I subscribe to. And (laughs) I work with them very patiently and cautiously to find a a type of squat that works well for them. That is very rarely a barbell back squat loaded up. 
but like or with their feet completely parallel in line with their hips like there's a lot of wind there's a lot of room for variance in squat patterns and when you find the one that works for them that they can do without pain that does strengthen all the everything around there so uh yeah eventually you'll want to find find some sort of squat that'll that'll work for you and if somebody is saying not to then they're probably not one of those pts i was talking about earlier <laughs> yeah i would double down on the no pain thing grant like if you're feeling pain you shouldn't be doing it. also one thing that's worked well for a lot of young athletes is walking on sand and beginning mm. to train in sand because it, you're so off balance that all those small muscles are forced to fire almost constantly and so it can help tighten up both knees and ankles oh uh Look up GMB feet, gold medal bodies. You're going to want strong feet. That'll help. And they, GMB is a great organization, and they have a whole page of, like, foot exercises that exactly those small intrinsic muscles of your foot, if they're, if they're doing their job, they're going to take a lot of stress off of your knees. And they have, they have a whole lineup of great, uh, awesome drills. I think it's gmb.io slash feet, but just look up GMB feet on Google, and it'll pop right up. And I'd say st- stay away from GHB. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry if this is getting bacon length, but thanks for the follow on 420, Ted. Grant. Oh, no problem. Yeah. <laughs> Happy to help. Did he say bacon length? <laughs> Damn. He did. <laughs> uh, that was the last one, boys. Oh, cool. all right. Uh, we don't have anything extra to promote. Let's check it. Hey, what's good? What's man? Whoa. Uh, before we get to what's happening. Hey, what's good? What's man? Whoa. Check out with what's happening. Hey, what's good? What's man? Whoa. Uh, before we get to what's happening. Hey, what's good? What's man? Whoa. Check out with what's happening. That was good with the good callback with the check in there, Ted. <laughs> Um, also, I was telling Cobb, it's kind of weird that, like, Walter Jones may retweet this, so I'm about to talk about my trip in Amsterdam, uh, last week, but it was incredible, um, best week of my life, like, hands down, the whole time, like, everything, things just kept happening, it was like, how is this getting better, and there was just so many moments, I was there with my lovely girlfriend, Tyler, and two of our best friends, uh, Lance, who's been on the podcast, and our buddy Josh, from the Meltdown crew, and we just made... Wait, were they already going, or did you guys all plan it together? We planned our trip, and then we... I was telling Lance about it, and he kind of invited himself, but in, in a polite way of like, hey, yeah, yeah. if it wouldn't be in it, I'd love to go. If, and I was like, yeah, we'd, I, I'd love to have you. I'm pretty sure Tyler would. And then I talked to Tyler, and she's like, yeah. And then I call Lance back, and I'm like, yeah, talk to Tyler. She said, you, you should come. We'd love to have you. And he's like... Oh, cool. I already had it on my calendar. (laughs) Classic (laughs) Lance form. (laughs) And then, uh, yeah, then we kind of like threw it out there to a few people, um, including yourself. Uh, So, yeah, hopefully you don't get too much FOMO here, but it was uh, it was awesome. And then Josh was the Josh was one because he was we wanted to take him to Leavenworth, too. But that cabin just was so perfect and it filled up quick. And so uh, we made a point to invite him. And then. yeah, so they planned their own adventures before and after. Lance is actually still over in Greece right now uh, with Josh's brother and his girlfriend. Who? Oh, with Jeremy? Yeah, Jeremy nice. and his girlfriend are traveling over in Europe and all over the world, and they work remotely off their computers. 
So yeah, they started traveling like what five years ago, something like that. Yeah, they're traveling when we met them at Meltdown a couple of years ago, and uh, so they were there. Lance had linked up with them ahead of time. All four of them rented a houseboat on a canal, uh, and yeah, Tyler and I flew in and had a hotel in the museum quarter by the museums, which was awesome. And first day, like we landed, I went and found a coffee shop. Uh, nice. They sell pre-rolled spliffs everywhere. Oh, right, because it's Dutch. Yeah. That they're famous for it. Yeah. Every, so, right, me, you, and Lance aren't the weirdos over there. No, no. Every Like, you go in, and it's labeled as joint. Joints contain tobacco. You have to say, like, pure joints to get just weed. All right. Uh, and so we were just having a great time. Like, And you could go inside and smoke spliffs, like, in these clubs, in these coffee shops. Inside a house? Yeah. Uh, That's crazy. And, yeah, we had a funny interaction with this one guy who's very, very kind of pushy, but then kind of tried to be polite and gave, ended up giving Tyler a free soda water, but was, like, super weird and kind of disrespectful the whole time and <laughs> kind of had some attitude. But, All right. And, yeah, it was, it was just cool being able to, to, like, chill out. And the guy gave, us, gave my girlfriend a free soda water and let us smoke spliffs downstairs, like, but he was also kind of a dick at the first part of the interaction. All so right. it, was, it was weird. But uh, Can you smoke marijuana on the street, or is it just got to be in the coffee house? It's supposed to just be in the coffee shop, but right. you know, you're know you just supposed to smoke in whatever regulations you have in Seattle, in Seattle too. too and, yeah. You know, walk down the street and tell me how, how people are following that. So it's the same sort of thing there. Uh, and, yeah, it was just amazing architecture. Like, everywhere you look, uh, everywhere you turn looks like a postcard. Like you can look at four different parts at an intersection and be like, I just want to take pictures of all of these. Um, so I didn't take a ton of pictures because um, I was just like, this is, it would be too much. I just want to enjoy myself. Uh, but there's more canals there than Venice. So like canals are all over the place. Uh, we got to take a, a ride and one from this lookout that they have that's, like, across the water from the city. So everything in the city is basically, like, four stories and made out of brick. And then across the water, they have this, like, giant lookout that's maybe, like, 25 stories or something like that. And so it's pretty significant. They have a swing that goes out over it. It's pretty awesome. And then we took a canal ride from there to the Heineken experience, which was this cool, like, museum where they used to brew Heineken and tell you all about that. Heineken has some delicious non-alcoholic beer, which is served everywhere over there. So, oh, no kidding. Uh, yeah, it was fun. Uh, and there's a funny picture right outside that uh, lookout place of Lance flying his kite. And then in the background, Josh and I are handing off a spliff. Just standing <laughs> there like Tyler got the perfect shot. Um, and yeah. I that Lance brought a kite. Yeah, he, dude, he's all about the kite life. Yeah. He's got a magazine about it now. We were talking about it the whole time, taking pictures for it. And yeah, there's uh, there's helicopters getting aerial shots for it. It was a whole thing. Damn. <laughs> yeah, Lance is all about the kite life. He has a harmonica he's learning that he was playing on this bus. So they have a tulip festival uh, that's the only one bigger than the one in Skagit County. It's like outside of Amsterdam. Uh, by like 45 minutes or something. And we take a bus out there and had a hell of a day. Holy cow. Um, but on the bus ride back, it was very stuffy. It's hot. Nobody on the bus is talking except for us four, like high off our asses. And we, we were laughing nonstop. 
and Lance just kept playing his harmonica and talking about it, and he would just like add little sound effects with it. Like the rest of the bus is just dead silent, and then there's the three of us laughing at Lance the whole time and just having an awesome conversation. But there's a few times like Did the that. rest of the bus say anything? No, but they just right. weren't having their own conversations. Like if they were just minding their business, it wouldn't have stuck out so much. Same thing at the Van Gogh Museum. It just felt like we were making a scene everywhere we went and we were just trying to have a good time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Everybody probably thought you were Canadian. The, the name was Holiday <laughs> Makers. That's what we were calling ourselves because some Scottish guy used that term when Lance was in Scotland before he came to the, uh, Amsterdam. So someone told him the term holiday makers, and that's what we just kept referring to ourselves as. All right. Um, and, yeah, I mean, you know how it is with that group. You just got inside jokes developing all week, and you're just referencing it and, you know, just having just the most amazing time uh, in this foreign land where shrooms are legal, and it was just, like, incredible. Uh, so same thing, coffee shop, they just sell mushrooms? They have a smart, they have coffee shops where they sell weed, and then they have smart shops where they sell mushrooms and other things. Well, they're mushroom truffles, but sometimes they have regular mushrooms kind of like uh, under the counter. Um, Could you still do like the milkshakes and stuff? Milkshakes? <laughs> with I had a buddy years ago that said no. he went there, he didn't smoke weed or anything, but he said he had a mushroom milkshake. No. But they- this was 15 years ago. Okay, yeah, so mushrooms used to be legal until some... Someone came in and, like, you know, like, it went wrong eventually. Somebody then, ate a bunch and drowned in a canal. Yeah, that's yeah. what it was. Uh, and so... <laughs> I like how I didn't know that, but I just assumed oh, that's really? what it was. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Jeremy told us that. Um, yeah. I believe someone jumped off a bridge. It was and died in a canal. Yeah, Most probably people. A few people. Yeah, so... So, people, less experienced mushroom users were getting into some trouble, and... They made them illegal, but there's a loophole for mushroom truffles, which have psilocybin in them. Uh, and so they sell those, and they taste worse, but you can eat them with uh, cashews, and they're not half bad. Uh, and so hmm. this one guy also at another one of the smart shops had this stuff that was, like, chemically very, very similar to MDMA. And it was, right. he was like, it's very similar, except there's no hangover the next day. And so I was like, what? And then you get it, and it's like, it says room odorizer on it. <laughs> Do not ingest. Uh, and then I was like, well, so we looked it up online, and it's like, people are like, yeah, it's one of those research chemicals. It's like very similar. Um, and so, yeah, it was, it was just kind of a whole new world over there. One thing that was cool was like we were having all this fun, but we also had like these incredible conversations and and like deep, deep connections where we're, I mean, we were all, every single one of us cried on that trip, like just talking about some real, real shit that we just hold on to and everybody has that sort of stuff and, you know, can't, it doesn't make sense to go broadcast it everywhere, but, uh, you know, when you're with the right people in the right times, uh, you know, it was just some some incredible connections, and so to like have that much fun and go that deep, like just all over the spectrum of awesomeness for like a week in this amazing town where everything looks incredible. Um, the last night we were there, we were sitting on this bench looking at the canal, like just off one of the main streets from downtown, and like the canal looked like a painting, like with the the reflections because everything was so smooth on the canal, and you could just see the reflections of the lights from the apartments and the hotels, uh, and it just looked like a painting, so we're just sitting there looking at it. And then I took a picture of it, and you can see in the picture, 
one of the windows, there was a hooker. Not, it wasn't a red light oh. window. It was a regular hotel room where a hooker came to visit this guy. And you can, like, see her slender figure, like, dancing in the window and stuff. And so we're just talking about it, right? Because it's hilarious and we're a little high and just having a good time on our last night after this amazing vacation. And <laughs> we're talking and talking and, like, laughing and making jokes and this and that. And then they, like, stop and walk towards the window. You see her boobs. You see his dong. And then they close the window. The window is open. And we're across the canal, which sound carries over water. Yeah. And then they shut the blinds. So that was just, like, a perfect thing that happened on the last night. And, yeah, it was... There are so many, like, moments like that where it's like, that might be the best... When that happened, I was like... That might be the best moment of the trip. And then there's just like so many other things that happened before that where it's like, I don't know. This trip is just the best overall. So, yeah, it was nice. Unbelievable. <clears throat> so you recommend going? 10 out of 10. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, Josh is back. Lance is still still traveling. Yeah, he's in Greece. <clears throat> all right. All right. Getting scuba certified. Man, a boy, I like it. Yeah. So uh, it was really cool that, you know, we just kind of did this thing and like, Got to bring our friends into it, and they had a great time. And like Lance has just turned it into like almost a whole month. <laughs> he just really ran with it. So good for him. Yeah, man, I respect that. Yeah. So. All right. Well, glad to hear it. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, man. I like that. They pre-rolled spliffs everywhere you go. Everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we are Dutch style. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, all right. Let's see what's going on with Mr. Cobb here. Boop, doop, doop, boop, boop. Cobb topic. Cobb topic. Quick side note for people who are interested in the story, uh, flights to Europe are supposed to be insanely cheap this summer for a variety of factors. So keep that in mind. Uh, so for the cop topic this week, um, down. So everyone's dealt with like this sort of annoying Texan stereotype of like, yeah, Texas is the best. Like, come and take it. Our guns, da, 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 the Lone Star State, whatever. You always like people from Texas. Like you're never like, wait, what state are you from? Like they're very, they're, they're, they keep it at the forefront. Like if someone's from Texas, you're going to hear about it. And so I always was slightly annoyed by that um, because people were just like, Texas, this Texas, that whatever. And what blows my mind now being here is that they don't just do that to other people outside the state. Texans advertise Texas to each other constantly. Like, it is nonstop. They're more more Texan here than they are when they're traveling. Even it's like the cowboy hats, the boots, whatever. But just talking about Texas, having Texas stickers on their trucks, like Lone Star State, come and take it, all that stuff. So anyway, um, the cop topic this week: What makes absolutely zero sense to you? Feel free to email us uh, or hit us up on the Twitter machine. The reason this makes zero sense to me is just like people are already here. Like we all live in Texas, but they're like, Texas is the best, right? Come join Texas, get to the Texas. Like they're, you know, they're selling you after the purchase is already made. So anyway, uh, what makes absolutely zero sense to you boys? Maybe it was you Mm. saying Texas the whole time, but I was thinking of taxes. Those just confused the shit out of me. Uh, and I've only had to do the simple ones. And then this year I made some money on cryptocurrency and like, it was just like, what the hell is going on with this capital gains stuff? And people are like, dude, capital gains isn't that difficult. And I was like, oh, God. So, yeah, I would say taxes. And I think they want it that way for the record. Well, but. tax law. <clears throat> but, I mean, you fat like taxes. You I get. figured it out. But, no, 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 I'm saying, like, you're saying tax law. 
Like yeah. you get why we have taxes. Okay, yeah, yeah tax yeah. law. So I'm saying, like, I think everybody tax code really code right. Ta- right, and it's and you're exactly right. It's written that right that way, so no normal person can can figure it out. Right, creates jobs. <clears throat> you know, it's an interesting book I'm gonna read called Bullshit Jobs. Huh? Yeah. Oh, there's a lot of them. Yeah, most bu- most major bureaucracies. Yeah, it's amazing, uh, dude. Well. I'm sorry, Ted, to give you an extra second. While I was back in Washington, dude, just dealing with the bureaucracy that is the Department of Licen- Licensing. Jesus, man. Bure- like, there's there's one thing like that doesn't go together, and that's like festival goers and bureaucrats. Okay, go ahead. Man, I'm trying to think. Because <clears throat> I keep thinking of things that really annoy me. Like, I hate it that all the airline companies are kind of consolidated into like three or four. And then, mm-hmm. like, you, some places you have no choice but to fly there. And I don't know. The airport's just such a bad experience, right? And then when you get on the plane, and I won't say which company it is, but the CEO gets on the little thing and he says thank you like 10 or 12 times. I want to be like, oh. stop saying thank you. Like, you just raked me over the coals the whole way in here, right? Like, I'm traveling across the country, but I got to pay for a bag, which gas is not that expensive again. Like... <sighs> So, I mean, that, that one makes no sense to me because in, in other ways, I would not think of the CEO as that company. But every time I see his face, I just want to punch it. Yeah, he is pretty punchable. And, dude, like one shoe bomber and millions of Americans every day are taking off their shoes, you know? Yeah. But it doesn't work the other way. God damn it, man. Yeah, oh, the security at the airport drives me insane. <laughs> yeah. Just how you have to get there like two hours early now for like a flight. It makes like a four hour flight like a, you know, six or seven hour ordeal by the time you get to your house on the other side. It's just like way more, way more pomp and circumstance than it needs to be. Way more trouble than it's worth. Yeah. And it's crazy to me, too, that, uh, I, you know, just the the stuff that goes on, like, you know what I mean? Like, were there that many planes getting hijacked because people brought their own booze on there? <laughs> it's like that's a federal <laughs> crime, and it's like it's a federal crime because I don't want to pay seven dollars for a Miller Lite. Yeah, dude, that's a pretty good point, man. I never really thought about that. Yeah, it's just kind of a random thing. That totally makes sense that you'd be sitting on a plane thinking about that too. Like, no judgment, but that's totally a Ted comment. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, trust me, I, there's a lot of deeper subjects I would say that make no sense to me. While one side can be right or one side can be wrong or uh, you know, why certain people can have certain things and certain other regions or whatever can't, but I, it's been a long day and I don't want to get into all that. <laughs> I got you, man. Let's call it. Let's call it. I do want to say a big special thank you again to Walter Jones that came in. Uh, remember, uh, 96 check hashtag 96 check. First of all, that's just a great idea out of him and hearing him talk yeah. about his buddy Cortez Kennedy. You can tell how much the guy meant to everybody. So Number one, check in on your friends, family. You know, like he was saying, every once in a while I'll do that. I know we're all pretty good about it. And then number two is uh, also just if you're going to do something on Twitter, just use the hashtag numbers96 and then check. Because uh, I like Walter. I'd like to have him back on here. So let's let's show him a little support. Dude, yeah. yeah the one thing I did want to uh, comment on, I love the idea of just like checking in on people. I mean, you're essentially saying I love you in so many words. Like. Hey, what's up, man? How you doing? It's basically like, I love you, I care about you, and I want to make sure you're okay. You're showing it. Yeah. 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 It was, it, he was really, he was an interesting dude and super nice guy, and, you know, honestly, I think we'll have him back on. Cool. He's got some stuff coming oh, up with the uh, Special Olympics and whatnot, and his buddy Jose that uh, helps him out, too, was a great dude. 
So, awesome stuff. There you go. There's episode 220. Uh, hope everybody enjoyed your week off. Obviously, Matt probably had the best week <laughs> off. I mean, Cobb, Cobb was back in Seattle. We had some fun times. I moved, but like... <laughs> Matt, you did it pretty big. I respect that. And uh, not too much, but I'm a little jealous. <laughs> <laughs> Same. Right? All right. So there you go for episode 220 for MCTP. For Cobb, I'm the Ted Smith. This is the podcast. Cheers.